Hello, and welcome to this podcast from Consider This. Please let me know what you think and tell others about us on social media. This podcast was originally broadcast live on Northumberland 89.7 FM. You can hear this show live every Friday at noon. Thank you for downloading this program, and I hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Robert Washburn, and welcome to Consider This Northumberland, a current affairs program dedicated to the issues facing our community. We talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life in Northumberland County. So I'm asking you, the listener, to take some time out of your busy day to consider this. Sometimes it's really interesting to go behind the scenes. You know, pull back the curtain and see what's there. This week's stories do just that. It begins with Lindsay Edwards, a local realtor who has raised about $100,000 for Cornerstone Family Violence Prevention Center over the past few years. Besides her own donations, she has trekked across the Sahara Desert and the Purcell Mountains in British Columbia to raise money. Her efforts were honored last week with the presentation of the Northumberland YMCA Peace Medal for 2021. You will hear her story and what motivates her to raise money for Cornerstone. I'm so pleased to have with me today, Lindsay Edwards, volunteer and fundraiser for Cornerstone and a local realtor. Welcome to Consider This. Thank you so much for having me. If you were to meet someone for the first time and you had to introduce yourself, what would you say? Um, I guess I would say um, I'm a realtor. I I love local and I, I love giving back to my community. Now, how did the relationship between yourself and Cornerstone begin? I do. So um, I work for Royal LePage and uh, Royal LePage has a a shelter foundation. Um, So it's um, a shelter based um, foundation. Of course, it's nationwide. And any of the monies that we fundraise comes back to our local women's shelter. So I've been with with Royal LePage for for most of my uh, most of my time as a realtor. Sorry, as a realtor. And um, it just it was just that natural progression. So I got to know the to know the girls at um, at Cornerstone really well, thankfully, and it's just kind of grown into a really great relationship. And um, I look forward to to all of my encounters with them. Do you remember the actual first time that you met anybody uh, from Cornerstone? I do actually. So the first time would have been uh, 2018. I would have reached out to to Carly. And that was the first time that I was that I had applied and was chosen for the Royal Page Trek. So every two years, Royal Page does a, a fundraising trek. And in 2019, we were planning on the Sahara Desert Trek. So um, I found out in 2018 that I was going to do this trek. And so I reached out to Carly and said, hey, I'm, I'm doing this and um, I want to raise, you know, I want to raise $15,000. And she said, oh, okay, sure. You know, that sounds great. And um, we kind of went on our way and only to find out after that, that she, you know, was obviously hopeful of the, of the $15,000 that I would raise and um, ended up raising um, $30,000 specifically for Cornerstone, but $38,000 overall, um, that, um, 8,000 of that 38,000 ended up with, um, with the Royal Page Shelter Foundation. So, um, it was, that, that's where it started and it just kind of went from there. So how did the relationship build then going forward from there? 
Um, I guess because there were so many, so many, you know, one-on-one kind of conversations back in that 2018 to 2019 um, timeframe, I just really got to know Carly and Janelle and Nancy all at the, at the shelter. And I just saw what amazing work they did. I had the, the privilege of, of meeting some of the, some of the women, um, specifically one woman that, um, that, that used the shelter that survived you know, all of those horrific things where, where home is in a safe place. And um, it just, I don't know, it just, it just made me want to give more and do more and um, just kind of pull the, pull the community into, into giving back to, to Cornerstone and realizing what a, what a treasure they, they are to Northumberland County. Tell me more about that encounter with that woman and other women that you've met from the shelter and uh, can you explain how it moved you personally to, to become so interested in Cornerstone and its work? Yeah, for sure. So it was, um, I met this, this one woman, it was just prior to me leaving for the, the Sahara Desert Trek in 2019. And um, I just, I had asked, um, I think it was Janelle at the time, if I could, if I could talk to somebody who was willing um, you know, who had, who had spent some time in the shelter, who had, you know, come out the other side stronger than ever. And just so I could carry that feeling with me when I was, when I was doing my trek. So it's a hundred, at that point, it was a hundred kilometers across the Sahara desert. So um, I met with, uh, with this lady who still lives in, um, in Coburg and we just, we talked and, um, and we both, uh, we both cried actually. And um, she, you know, she said to me, I can't believe how, um, how brave you are for doing this, you know, to, to, for heading off to, to Africa, to do this, this walk across the desert for, you know, for women like, like, like me. And, um, I just, I looked at her thinking that, you know, how can she think that I'm brave for, you know, choosing to, choosing to do this, whereas she had no choice, um, and, and had to live through such a, such a horrific time in her life. And, um, yeah, it just, it moved me to tears. Um, it still moves me to tears now thinking of it and um, just what, what these women have to go through. Um, I, I can't help but, you know, want to give back where I can. Tell me more. Have you met other women and what relationships have you established with those women? Um, so that was the only kind of the one-on-one where I, where I sat down and, and really had the, you know, the opportunity and the honor to, to talk to her. Um, all of the other ones were, were kind of in passing. I was lucky enough to, you know, this was pre COVID and I was lucky enough to be able to go through the shelter. Um, so obviously there were, you know, there were families because the shelter was always full. Um, so those were just, you know, kind of, um, families and, and ladies in passing that, um, that I had that privilege to meet as well. But, um, it was it was really that one on one time sitting sitting at a table and um, and really being able to to talk uh, to talk to her specifically. Um, that being said, you know through the fundraisers that I have done, so many women have have reached out and said thank you, um, you know thank you for for supporting this and and giving giving this um, this organization a voice and um, and just hearing the the stories that that other women have gone through. Um, you never know a woman's history and this has definitely opened, opened my eyes and, um, and again, just pushed me to want to want to do more. What is it about it that 
touches you so deeply and therefore motivates you to do this fundraising? So I guess, um, I guess the easy answer is, you know, I'm in, I'm in the business of finding people shelter. Um, and, you know, 15 years ago when I got into this, it was never, you know, you just assumed everybody's shelter was safe. Um, I saw them at house. I, I assume this is going to be a place where they, they love and they grow and, and all of that. And it wasn't until, um, you know, with, with Royal LePage and getting to know the Royal LePage Shelter Foundation and then getting to know, you know, that, that, that local arm of Cornerstone that um, unfortunately not, not every woman is, is safe at home and um, not every child is safe at home. So I think, you know, just knowing that every day I'm, I'm finding shelter and in the back of my head, I know that, you know, there's, there's a chance that it, it may not be safe. So if I can, if I can give back and if I can, if I can find the funds and the community to rally to, you know, to open up more beds so that Cornerstone can, um, you know, have a, have a, do a renovation because they're always, they're always at capacity and especially through COVID, you know, even more so because of restrictions. So, um, you know, as long as people have somewhere to go, whether it's through shelter or whether it's through counseling and um, all of the, the the counseling before and after. And um, I just think, you know, we, we don't always think that it's not safe. Um, I grew up in a safe home. Um, I live in a safe home now, but um, I know that's not the case for everybody. So. What is it about walking that attracts you? I mean, you started small <laughs> in 2019. You walked from Coburg to Belleville to raise money. So what is it about walking that you, you seem to I don't know. have a passion for? I, I have zero passion for walking. Let me, let me preface that. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just always looking for something, something a little different to be able to, you know, to, to, to bring awareness to the, to the cause and to the organization. And um, I'm not one to, you know, knock on somebody's door and say, Hey, you know, can I get some money for this cause? It's, it's always, it's always an event or it's always some kind of idea that, that catches people's attention. And um, it's that idea of giving without, you know, having to make that, that hard ask. And, um, you know, everybody, everybody's at different stages in their lives and, you know, whether it's $5 or, or, you know, whatever we end up, uh, we end up raising um, from each person. It's just the, the walking is just kind of a, it's, it's the hook, I suppose at the end of the day, but by no means is it something that I love to do. <laughs> So how do you prepare for, for these walks that you do? Uh, is there something special? Do you have special equipment? <laughs> um, well, thankfully, we've got a, a great outfitter in town. So um, Green Canoe downtown has, has outfitted um, all of, all of you know, the, the last two, um, two walks that I have done. So the Sahara and then uh, the Rocky Mountains in, um, in BC just a few months ago. Um, and then my walk from Coburg to Belleville. So you know, again, it's, it's supporting local and, and they're, they're the best that, that local, local absolutely has in, in Coburg. But um, short of that, again, it's just me jumping into it. So my Coburg to Belbo walk was the, was the kind of the precursor to Sahara and my feet after that, it was not good. You know, I thought, oh, it'll be easy. What's two days of walking along highway two into, <laughs> into Belleville and um, yeah, proper foot care. I was, I was, I was taught that lesson pretty quickly on those two days. That, you and, don't train, you don't, you don't uh, get ready. You just go. I just go. Holy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. 
there's, there's probably much better ways of, of, you know, of doing these things, but um, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I've always been a procrastinator and I just, I just kind of hop, hop to it. Earlier this year, I had torn my meniscus and I knew that going into the Rocky mountains and, you know, you just keep going. Um, there was no way I wouldn't do it. So. Yeah. For those of us who are, are not familiar with anatomy, uh, meniscus is where and how does it affect Oh, you? sorry, uh, my knee. So I, I tore the meniscus in my knee and uh, my ACL and MCL, but uh, they were just strained. So uh, I actually had... Um, I had surgery last week, which was, which was nice. So it's, it's already feeling very uh, much, it's really feeling much better than it had. <laughs> Maybe could you give us a little more detail about these incredibly long walks before we get talking about them specifically? Sure. Uh, it sounded to me as if the Ontario Real Estate Foundation had some organizational role to play. So could you just explain for those of us who don't understand it, how that works and how, how you are able to participate and therefore raise money? Yeah, absolutely. So it's actually, so these are the run through Royal LePage and the Royal LePage Shelter Foundation specifically. Um, so it's, it's Royal LePage agents that, that apply um, to, to do these walks. Um, so anybody across Canada, because um, we are, we're a Canadian company and um, we apply when we, you know, anybody who wants to do them can apply to the Shelter Foundation. Um, it's a pretty long, long application uh, process. They ask us a ton of questions, you know, much like what we're talking about, what Ray now like why why do I want to do it and um you know and and where is it going and, and all of that so um there's all of that and then it it's just we find out that if we get on it or if we don't get into it and and then we just kind of go go on our way and each each applicant you know has their own ideas on how they want to raise money um, and like I kind of mentioned I'm a let's do an event and and try to raise money that way so um that's where that's where I've I've kind of turn to anyways. So can you share a bit about that trip to the Sahara Desert? For those of us who have never been to the Sahara, uh, what was it like? It was absolutely incredible and I would do it again. So yeah, it was never on a bucket list of mine, but it sounds, you know, it sounded really tough and it, it sounded really neat. So I think that was my, you know, that was, that was kind of, again, the, the hook to get me, get me into it. And, um, you know, there's this, this neat adventure that you can go on and raise a ton of money for your local women's shelter. So they, they had me right away. Um, but, you know, just flying in and getting off the plane and just the, I, I've never, I've never seen anything like it. Um, but it was, it was a lot of long, you know, flat uh, walking, hard sand, soft sand. And then there were the dunes that we would do on the, on, on the other days. And um just an in incredible site and an incredible country that um, I probably would never have been to otherwise. And who picks up the expenses for the trip itself, the flying over, the the, the supplies, those kinds of things? So, so we do. So each uh, each applicant is is responsible for um, for all all their own um, expenses. So, um, you know, from the from the flights to the insurance to the the cost, um, a lot of it is offset by the Royal Page Shelter Foundation. But um, but a hundred percent of the funds goes back to um, you know essentially goes back to the cause. So it's not by no means are, are any of our expenses being paid for you know by by our donors. Since that Sahara trip, you did take on another fundraiser in between. And so before we talk about the most recent one, you started a, a fundraiser called Flocked for Shelter. What's I the did. story behind this unique idea? Uh, the funny thing is it was, 
you know, it was actually one of my, one of my fundraisers for the, the Sahara desert, um, trek. So that's, that was the first year that it started. Um, and then, and this year being the, the third year, but it was just, it was just trying to find unique ways to raise money. And, um, you know, I'm, I was online trying to figure things out and, um, you know, I came upon, I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, I came upon this idea that, um, that other other people had done so you know for different other for different reasons and i've tried to figure out a, a catchy name and in a way that that we can make it work um for for this case so flock for shelter was was kind of um kind of you know honed and we went on i uh, just a a trip of trying to figure out where we were going to get all of these flamingos. So I currently have 11, 11 dozen flamingos in, uh, in my shed, um, that, you know, during the season of, of flocking there, they're all over Northumberland County. So people really took to it. It was, it was a fun way, again, not to ask directly for money, but, um, for people to, to kind of welcome, welcome, uh, Royal LePage, the Shelter Foundation and Cornerstone onto their, onto their lawns and, um, and put a smile on, on somebody's face. So for those of us who are not familiar with, uh, Flock for Shelter, uh, explain how it works. For sure. So um, essentially, you know, so let's say I, I wanted to, to flock you. So I, I would I would sign up. Um, I would let uh, the person know who was flocking, who I wanted to flock. If it was for a birthday, perhaps I had a, a few different signs made up like a, you know, a happy flocking birthday and, you know, or just a, you've been flocked. And um, so the I would end up, you know, bringing over a, a flock of of um, of flamingos, whether that's one dozen, which is essentially the flock. Um, sometimes people would do two dozen flocks and they would just, they would end up on your, on your doorstep or on your, um, on your lawn for the next couple of days with a nice big banner. And, um, people really took to it. It it was fun and, um, bright pink flamingos. Nobody, nobody gets angry at bright pink flamingos. I don't think. Next, you decided to go on a 100-kilometer hike through the Purcell Mountains in British Columbia. And uh, you did not go on a set trail, I understand, but (laughs) foraged a pathway through. So uh, first of all, what do you pack when you go on this kind of a trip? So the the Purcell Mountains were, it was a a much different trip than the Sahara, I will say that. So in the Sahara, um, we had our backpacks that we we would carry each day, but we also had our big duffel bags that... Um, that were driven um, to the campsites each night. Uh, whereas in the Purcell Mountains, we everything we we had for day and night were on our back. So it was a much uh, a much different camping trip just from that perspective and and hiking, um, you know, with everything that we we have. So trying to not overpack, which is I think everybody's you know problem. Um, certainly my problem. Uh, keeping everything as light as possible, but. Um, so, so yeah, it was, it was a different trip from that perspective. And again, we were, it was a completely different terrain. So we are literally climbing mountains and um, sleeping in tents all by yourself, because again, you know, trying to keep, um, you know, COVID as, as at the forefront and, and understanding health and safety. Um, so, so there was that. And um, again, Sahara was super hot in the day and very cold at night. And much the same in in August in in BC. So through the day, we're I think it was almost hotter in BC this time around, um, and even colder at night. It was just 
So it, it was that temperature that really kind of played with you as well. But um, certainly the, the most grueling thing that I would say 99% of us have ever done in our lives and none of us were prepared for, you know, no easy, you know, easy kind of trails there. There was never a trail that, uh, that we were on. So um, I can absolutely say I, I climbed mountains for, for Cornerstone and I would, I would do it again. What do you eat? <laughs> you know what? It, it was some of the best food. The we had um, we had camp um, camp staff at at each of the camps. So they they helicoptered each of them in. So uh, so for each of the six nights, um, somebody was there, and and they had the they had the food prepared, and it, it was absolutely incredible. So it, it wasn't you know dehydrated food by any means. I we ate well. Um, we were lucky from that regard, and. Um, just, just really good people involved. Um, so Black Feather, it's a, it's actually an Ontario company. Um, they're an outfitting company, and um, they, they kind of ran it from, from BC, and just did a, an incredible job. The, the guides knew exactly what they were doing, and um, yeah, three quarters of us would still be in the, in the Purcell Mountains if, uh, if we didn't have those people to, to help us there. <laughs> what is a memorable moment from the trip? Um, I think it was probably the hottest day and, um, we were just like, just sweating from, from every pore in our body. And, you know, it was only, only a few more kilometers and only a few more kilometers. And, um, finally those, those last couple kilometers when you didn't think that you could do it anymore. Um, and I think, you know, every other day was, it was bearable and you knew you could get from, you know, from here to there. And that day, I think just with the heat and, and everything else, and it was flat and then you were going up, you know, steep mountains and you're trying to, to climb up this mudslide and um, finally getting to, to a point in this, the forest, it was just beautiful. And we're sitting on a, we're sitting on a, a log and we're eating snacks because what they, they sent us um, on day one, they sent us with this like big kind of, um, uh, like a freezer, a freezer Ziploc bag, just full of anything and everything, you know, there's Werther's, there's granola bars, there's all of these candies and, and just sitting there and just enjoying each other's company and just talking about, you know, why we're here. And um, at that point, it was just, it all, it all just kind of came together. It was the, it was absolutely the hardest day. And that was, that was easily the nicest place that we could have ever stopped. Um, and, you know, sitting, sitting there and remembering that right now. Um, yeah, I would, I could, I could easily do it again. Um, the other interesting thing is too. So each, each day, um, and this went in the Sahara as well, um, each day right around lunchtime, before we headed back out the um we would read a story of um that that a a woman or a survivor or the family of a survivor had written um and had shared with the royal page shelter foundation so each um each day it was kind of it was brought back to exactly why we were there and why we were raising all of this money and um you know in some days it was some days it, it was a survivor talking about you know what, what they went through the, you know, being in, in shelter. And some days it was, it was a family member talking about the support they got after the fact, um, because their, because their loved one didn't make it, um, because domestic violence took, took their life. And, um, 
you know, from, it's just, it just, it reminds you and it, it keeps everything absolutely real. So. What is the attraction of doing these kind of adventures? What were you like as a kid? <laughs> I don't think I was the adventurous type. And honestly, I'm still not the adventurous type, but I, I'm, I'm just, a, I'm a sucker for, for raising money um, and especially for Cornerstone. So I think that's, that's the draw. Um, it, yeah. And it's, you know, certainly where, where we head is not, uh, is not awful places by any means. So I love to be able to say, I, you know, I climbed the Rocky mountains or I walked across the Sahara desert. That certainly doesn't, uh, doesn't hurt anything either, but um, I don't know. I'm just, just knowing the capacity that that these that these events bring and the you know the opportunity to to be able to raise you know a great amount of money and and awareness to to cornerstone and to the royal page shelter foundation um they just they get me every time now you could raise money for so many charities in northumberland why cornerstone um and yeah, so I've and I've, I've been kind of in in line with with quite a few, and I, I continue to be. I think Cornerstone just just is at the forefront because of uh, because of who I work for with the Royal Page for Royal Page, um, and because of the Royal Page Shelter Foundation. So uh, what I also do uh, with the Royal Page Shelter Foundation, we have the opportunity to give back with each of our commissions. So I'm a, a commission donor, um, essentially is what we what we call it. So each one of my commissions, I give. Two hundred and fifty dollars for for each deal that I that I do um, each year to the Royal Page Shelter Foundation, and one hundred percent of it comes back to um, comes back to Cornerstone. So um, I think it's just it's such a great alliance, um, and I see I see the relationship working so well that it just makes sense. And I just I love to be able to give back to 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 great to great community you know builders. They they do so much more than just provide shelter, and and I think that's part of part of you know the reason when my when my kids were in school and certainly this was pre COVID, but they you know they they did healthy relationship classes for for youth. So you know it's it's starting young and and so people realize what what is a safe relationship and and how to how to to kind of navigate that as they get older. So um, I think for everything that that Cornerstone does and everything that the Royal Page Shelter Foundation does to make um, homes safe and and find safe homes for these ladies, I it, it just it's the right fit for me. In a 2019 interview, you credit your success to the community and Cornerstone. Can you explain what you mean by that? So the the community in 2019 really rallied. So we did um, so we did the again a, a bunch of events to to raise money for my uh, my trek back then, starting with the the beach party. So it was oh heck, what did we call it? Um, the summer shelter summer summer social for shelter. It was so long ago, 2019. Um, but we did so two weekends of. Um, of local food and local drink and and local um, local musicians down at the beach, and so it started with that, and then you know again just kind of turned into the the flock for shelter and and everything else. So without without the community giving back and attending the events and you know buying into the idea of flock for shelter, I I wouldn't I wouldn't have raised money. So I still have you know great people, great family and friends that that would support me either way, but. 
the fact that it's, you know, complete strangers that are, that are hopping on board, wanting to attend the events and give back. And, you know, it's not just, it's, it's not the cost of admission. It's, it's wanting to be there and wanting to, you know, to, to give. And um, without that, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. And honestly, without, without Cornerstone, I, I wouldn't want to do it anyways. How much money in total have you raised? Um, so just from the, the two, no, um, I mean, total, like total just the, from everything you've done, total. your donations, oh, all of it. Um, so I'm probably, I'm going to guess cause I only, I asked earlier this year, um, cause everything flows through the Royal LePage Shelter Foundation. So I'm probably over a hundred thousand, I would say at this point. So between my commission donations um, and then what I raised from the the walks and um, also with uh, with with just other um, stuff I do with the with Cornerstone, I would I would say if it's not at a hundred, it's it's very close. Recently, there was an event where you were honored. What did that feel like? <laughs> they. Um, they're sneaky over at Cornerstone. Um, so Janelle didn't tell me why I was why I was going last week, and um, they just said that they were being honored for for stuff that um, for fundraisers that I was that I was involved in, and they wanted me to be there. And um, only to find out that um, I was they were the ones who nominated me um, for the YMCA Peace Medal, and. Um, yeah, it, it caught me by surprise, and you can tell I'm. <laughs> I kind of I cry easily when when it's stuff like this because I don't do it for any of that. It's not I I don't give back, and I don't think of all of these these crazy ideas or go on these crazy walks for for anything other than just to give back. So when when the tables get turned and um, you know I'm nominated for such a, a, a an incredible honor of a of an award. Yeah, it, it still brings tears to my eyes. This is Women Prevent Abuse Prevention Month. And there's also a number of important events that are taking place this week to uh, draw attention to uh, the abuse of women. If you could send a message out to residents of Northumberland uh, about this, what would you like to say to them? I think it, I think we just need to listen more. Um, I think nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. And I think, you know, women probably feel a lot more shame than they, than they need to. And, and perhaps that's why they don't have voices and that's why they don't come you know, forward today. And maybe they come forward, you know, years from now, but I think, you know, if we can, if we can continue to give women a voice and continue to, to support Cornerstone so that they can give the, the women the voice that they may not have right away, I think we'll all be better off. So what's next for you? <laughs> um, there's always something on the horizon. I'm, I'm hoping to, to plan a, um, a video dance party next year when we're actually allowed to, to dance, um, you know, kind of bring it back and, um, and, and do a fundraiser for, for Cornerstone perhaps in April. So I would say that's kind of at the top of the list. We have, I have uh, retired the birds, so um, I won't be doing the birds anymore. It's a full-time job moving those birds around Northumberland County. So, um, and thankfully I had, I had Janelle and, and some wonderful volunteers from Cornerstone help me with that the last couple of years, but um, there's always something.
there's always there's always something going on. We've got International Women's Day also coming up, which is a, which is a big fundraiser for for Cornerstone. So that will be in March, and um, I'm involved with that. I'm on the I sit on the the committee there. So we're really looking forward to to that event and um, just getting back to face to face and and being able to really you know enjoy enjoy each other's company and and raising money and and awareness that's the at the end of the day the, the money is absolutely incredible and and that's what you know that's what I'm trying to do but the awareness piece is is huge so if i can if i can continue to be that voice for cornerstone and cornerstone be the voice for the women um i'll always be there Lindsay Edwards thanks so much for talking to me today that was Lindsay Edwards, a local realtor and fundraiser for Cornerstone. I want to thank my guests this week for talking to me, and I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in today. Please join me again next week when we will talk to the people on the front lines and those behind the scenes who make a difference in your life and Northumberland County. So please tune in. If you would like to listen or share this or any podcast, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. There you will find past podcasts, news, and other information about life and politics in Northumberland County. Or you can go to the radio station's website at northumberland897.ca. I'm Robert Washburn. Thanks for taking time out of your day to listen in, and I hope over the week you will continue to consider this. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Consider This. If you have any comments or would like to suggest a story, please contact me at considerthisnorthumberland at gmail.com or you can message me on Facebook at Consider This. If you enjoyed this podcast or are looking for more news and information about Northumberland County, please check out my website at consider-this.ca. That's consider-this.ca. And don't forget to share. And again, thank you for listening, and stay tuned for more from Consider This.